We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. See talking about the AFC West, in particular one team that I uh, kind of have a soft spot for, like I mentioned over the years. Raider Nation, my guy, Kenny King Jr. in the building, the host of Real Talk, Yo. a fellow Blue Wire podcast host, and uh, one of my favorite people on the network, bro. What's good? What's good, Nick? How you doing, man? I'm doing all right. I'm excited for the summer. I'll actually be out west in a couple of weeks in Scottsdale for a bachelor party. So nice. it's kind of I've been treating it like a fight camp for me, you know, strict <laughs> diet, kind of laying off the booze just so I could go there and piss it all away. Kenny, if I'm being honest, <laughs> usually, usually how it goes, man. But how are you holding up? Doing good, man. Just got back from Cancun celebrating the Warriors win. Uh, summer's, summer's off to a good start. I mean. You know, my team's looking good. Raiders looking good. Warriors looking good. So I'm feeling good. Um, you know, I'm now just getting ready to get into football mode. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And this is going to be the first of uh, the sort of the summer layout that I like to do every year. Came up with this idea a couple of years back. And, you know, football is the biggest, biggest draw for all of our podcasts and, oh, yeah. and in particular mine. So. I start diving into division outlooks and I've come up with this cool concept in a way where we're not really giving out picks, but it's a way to touch on each division gives me about eight weeks of uh, content. And, uh, you know, Kenny, it's the home stretch before like the, the busiest part of the year for me. So I, I like to plan in advance, give you guys a little pull the curtain back. Yeah, And this is a unique way to talk about all the divisions. And I figured, you know, you had tweeted at me or either DM'd me somewhere, but we were in touch and you're like, yo, we got to do a pod soon. And I was like, you know what? Why not start with the AFC West, a division that I punted a lot of money on the last couple of years for many reasons that you continue, <laughs> continually like to troll me on, which by the way, that's how I know we have a good relationship, bro, because I'm, I'm yeah. for it. Like I'm super petty. And last year, when you screenshot the Justin <laughs> Herbert MVP and sent it to me, I was like, "All right, Kenny, Kenny's, Kenny's up there with me. I feel it." Oh uh, yeah, um, I, I definitely keep receipts. 
Uh, that's one of my favorite things to do. And if, if I like people that can that can uh, that can deal deal with the trolling, mm-hmm. and they can dish it out and take it and like and, and go back and forth and don't get all butthurt by it. There were there were a few people that I've like I've tried that with, and they just like weren't about it. <laughs> like one dude told me like you can never come back on my podcast again. So, <laughs> uh, you know, like I mean, look if you if you are going to dish it out and you're going to bring me on, then you got to be able to take it. Cause I'm going to give it to you. Nah, man. I, I legit, like, I don't like to judge people. I feel like everybody's different, but when it comes to that kind of, for me, for you to be like a part of my inner circle or for me to have a good yeah. relationship with you, it's like, everybody gets these bars, bro. To use like yeah. the hip hop analogy, like everybody gets it. So I like it. I like the back and forth and I really enjoy it. So Let's dive into a little bit of the AFC West, right? And with each one of these, we have one that we've come up with. It's the biggest addition, subtraction, storyline, and X factor. And I feel like it's a cool way to sort of, without even planning it, uh, I'd, I'd assume we touch on every team here. So since you're the guest, man, I'll open it up with the biggest addition. What do you think is the biggest addition in the NFC West I think the biggest addition right now in the AFC West would probably be Devontae Adams uh, mm-hmm. coming to the Raiders. Um, you have a couple of you have a couple of big additions, right? You have Devontae Adams coming to the Raiders. Uh, you have the Broncos trading for for Russell Wilson, uh, and then I guess you know the the other big one is is JC Jackson going to the Chargers. Now, when we look at the Chiefs, the Chiefs didn't have any really big additions. Um, they had a really big subtraction by, by losing Tyreek Hill. Um, they replaced him with Marquez Valdez Scanning uh, or Marquez Valdez Scanning and also Tyre, or, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. And so, like, is that really a replacement for Tyreek? I don't think so. Um, we'll see how that works out. I mean, I think that as the years go by, you're starting to see more and more defensive coordinators kind of key in on what Patrick Mahomes does. Um, and they've been able to stop him a little bit. Um, we saw it, especially in that, in that Bengals game in the AFC championship. Um, but I think that, you know, where we look at the big, the big, the big uh, additions is the Broncos, the chiefs, or I'm sorry, the Broncos, the Chargers, and the Raiders uh, with Devonte Adams, JC Jackson, and Russell Wilson. Yeah, I would say Devontae going over is probably the biggest addition. I mean, oh, if we yeah. talk about, like, who's at the, the cream of the crop, who's the unanimous best player at his position? I know Cooper Cup had a monster year last year. And, you know, one thing that upset me about Cooper Cup is, like, dude's been balling all these years, too. It's just that last year was such an outrageous season. Yeah. But to me, I think every wide receiver list should start with Devontae Adams. So him coming over, you got the chemistry built in already with him and Derek Carr, your boy going back to Fresno State. They've had a great friendship and relationship even throughout that. Mm-hmm. And him going over there, it's uh, – you would know better than me, but I feel like that's the that's the first real number one weapon that he's ever had in his career with the Raiders. I mean, it, it really is. I mean, the closest thing that he had to a, a real number one wide receiver was Michael Crabtree. And Crabtree was, I mean, at best a two. But Crabtree was reliable. He was a guy that, you know, was – he was clutch in, in a lot of performances. He was a guy that, you know, Carr was comfortable with that he would go to. Um, you know, he didn't have that in Cooper. Cooper didn't really become that guy until he went to Dallas. And even when he went to Dallas, he had games where he was sporadic. Um, you know, he had a little bit with Nelson Aguilar. But once again, Nelson Aguilar was not a number one. Um, and we saw what happens after he left. He didn't really do much in New England. Um, and so for him to now have a true 
true number one. I mean, look, I love Hunter Renfro. I think Hunter's a great player. I think Hunter's a great dude, um, but he's a, he's still a slot. You know, he's not he's not a number one guy. Um, he was he had to be the number one option last year because Waller got hurt, and you know, Rugs obviously everything happened with him, but. You know, Hunter wasn't Hunter became that guy that was, you know, the guy that was basically thrust into that position because he had to. Um, but I think this also gives Hunter an opportunity now to to flourish, uh, especially in the Josh McDaniels offense where slot receivers have always flourished. So I'm excited to see what happens with this offense. I mean, if you're looking at it with if you look at all the teams in the league and you look at the top two wide receivers and tight end, it's going to be hard to find a better trio than what the Raiders got yeah I mean and then you throw you throw the running game into the mix you got Josh Jacobs in there you got Zamir White you got Brandon Bolden coming in um, they've got a lot of weapons offensively that they can get things done yeah for sure man it's gonna open up things and I think Derek Carr is gonna have a monster year coming off what they did last year I feel like you know uh, a sentimental MVP pick was probably Derek Carr for hours he was able to weather every shit storm coming his way throughout that entire season. I mean, we've talked about that at nauseum. how yeah. every week it was a report. It was the coach. It was the GM. It was a player getting into a, a, a DUI. It was the gun stuff on like Instagram and shit. It's like every week. And this guy was able to keep the team afloat. And there were so many spots where I bet against them. Cause I'm like, damn, at, at some point they got a break. Right. But it was Ben, but don't break with them. And they were able to sneak into the playoffs and almost won that game against the Bengals. For me, uh, just, I mean, yeah. 10 yards away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For me, the biggest addition, it's probably Khalil Mack coming back and not playing for the Raiders. It's him going to the Chargers. Now, there are some people, and I'm, I'm someone that disagrees with this notion. I think that when you play on a shit team like the Bears and your production goes down, I think a lot of that is because of, like, your motivation and, and the pieces around you sort of like you don't have that same drive and desire if you're going to go out and play for a team that's going to win what six games a year at the time when he was with the bears hey he played for a shit team with the raiders and still put and still won defensive player of the year that's true that's a fact and a- and was the only player to be an all pro at two different positions mm, what was that that was he played uh he wanted he won an all pro at defensive end and at linebacker with the raiders yeah, he was special when when he was playing with Oakland at the time. But him coming and pairing up with Joey Bosa, and then you have the improved secondary for the L.A. Chargers. I know you're not a fan of all this Charger love that I've been posting about. I know you give it to me like I was talking before, but I think with Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa, you get J.C. Jackson, Derwin James, who I think is a – He's a, a he's like 150 to one to be defensive player of the year. And I think those odds are just wrong because his impact when he's out there for the Chargers is just unbelievable. And now it's I believe it's the third straight year he's with the same system, which is important yeah. for him. But I think Khalil Mack coming over there, it's uh, it's going to be huge, man, because it's like, who do you you know, who do you send to chip on the defensive ends there. And I mean, look, the same could be said about your Raiders too, right? Chandler Jones. Yeah, and, and Chan, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, that's a duo to, to put a lot of fear in people's hearts as well. But I think Khalil Mack and that pairing over there is my biggest addition, especially when you look at the quarterbacks in this division, right? You got Russ who runs around, you got Pat Mahomes who runs around Derek Carr, who's a, a top tier quarterback too, in my opinion. 
this might be the best four quarterbacks in a division ever. If you really yeah. think about it, like these, these dudes, like, like Carr might be the worst one and he's a top 12 quarterback or like yeah. Russ might be the worst one and he's a top 12 quarterback. So, you know, depending on, you know, it's all subjective, but I just think addition for me is Khalil Mack. Yeah. I think uh, if Khalil can stay healthy and he can perform at the levels that he close to the levels that he was, um, he's definitely going to be a force. I think that, you know, he's shown that over the years that he can be a force in the league. Um, Joey Bosa is, is still a force. Once again, he's a guy that, you know, you want to see stay healthy. And same with Derwin James. You know, Derwin James has, has had his fair share of health issues, but when he is healthy, he is one of the best out there. Um, so, yeah, that defense is, is scary, but I think a lot of the defenses got better. I mean, I think we one of the things that we don't talk about is the Broncos adding Randy Gregory as well. Mm. You know, Randy Gregory coming over and, and teaming up with Bradley Chubb. I think that if we look at the pass rushes, that's probably the worst pass rush in the AFC West. And I mean, that's not that once again, that's not saying that it's a bad pass rush. It's just saying that the pass rushes are so good in the AFC West that that's the worst one. Yeah, that's the same thing like with the quarterbacks, right? Like just yeah. because you say that Carr might be the worst one in that division doesn't mean that there's right. not 20 other teams that would probably line up to get him on his team on their, exactly. their team too. If it's um, if it, look, if he's so bad, then why are people offering first round picks for him, right? Right, exactly, for sure. I'll kick us off with the biggest subtraction in this division. And <laughs> look, I think it's clearly Tyreek Hill. But yeah. I'm not gonna pick. I'm not gonna pick Tyree Kill for this one, just because like there are a couple of them. If you look at all the divisions, like they're very obvious which one is the biggest attraction. But for me, I'm gonna go with Brian Bulaga leaving the Chargers, offensive tackle. Look, that's a big cool. knock for the Chargers over the last couple of years towards the tail end of Philip Rivers and early Justin Herbert was like, you got to protect these guys, right? Obviously, duh, protect your quarterback. They right. brought him in from Green Bay, and he battled a couple of health issues. But then when he was out there, their PFF rating. And look, I'm not a PFF guy, but when it comes to offensive line, I kind of use their metrics because I'll be honest, I don't really look at what the right guard is doing in week 14. That's just kind of something that you can't really comprehend that. What I think when you're watching it on red zone or if you're watching one game at a time. So with Bulaga, they jumped up 15 spots on offensive yeah line ratings so now with him out and yeah they addressed the offensive line in the draft their first round pick was an offensive lineman but I think that's just a big one man for still a young quarterback and Justin Herbert who I think is the truth you want to protect them and losing Brian Bulaga I think is the biggest subtraction in this division yeah I think that when you when you look at the offensive line those are things that you want to try to keep together and I can tell you from experience uh in watching the Raiders offensive line when you disrupt that it makes things really difficult. And then, you you know, when you when you add in a rookie, um, you always have those growing pains. You I mean, look at Alex Leatherwood, look at Colton Miller when Colton Miller was a rookie. Um, they gave up a ton of sacks. They made a ton of mistakes. Um, and so you have those growing pains that you're that you may possibly have. Now, obviously, the, the Chargers had Rashawn Slater last year. Uh, he performed really well as a rookie. Um, now, you could have that or you could, you know, you could have the growing pains that you would have with like Alex Leatherwood. Um, but I think that's a good, that's a good one. I'm going to go with Tyreek. Um, you know, you lose a guy like Tyreek, that's, that's huge. I mean, when you lose a big time playmaker like that, a guy who was probably 90% of the offense, or I'd say 50% of the offense, uh, besides him and Kelsey, uh, that's going to be huge for them. And I think that they have to game plan around that. And it's going to change, uh, the chiefs game plan on how they, how they approach things because they don't really have a running game. Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, eh. 
you know, and then I think Tyreek opened a lo- up a lot of things for Travis Kelsey. I think he made Travis Kelsey's job a lot easier because, you know, he was a Pat was able to dump things off to him. Yeah, I think the thing that's interesting about what the Chiefs did with Tyreek and, you know, one of the things, Kenny, that uh, some of the people that we work with give me advice on how to better my content or how to be more, you know, make, you know, help my my brand grow is like reacting to news. Right. And uh, I don't I'm not a fan of doing that, man. I rather give you a take a couple days after. Um, because I'm able to gather the information. And one thing I know people were like, yo, Chiefs, what the hell are they doing? They sent the football world on fire when they traded Tyreek. But then you sit back and you look at like, all right, this dude is closing in on 30. He's built on speed. He hasn't been injured yet. And I feel like his style of play, it's only a matter of time. And, and, and I'm not saying like a bad injury. I'm saying like maybe a tweak hamstring, right? You saw him miss a couple of times. Uh, yeah. a little bit of time last year but with all that being said they get all these first round picks it was one of those like make you an offer you couldn't refuse right and you gather all these first round picks and yeah on paper replacing them with mbs and juju is a downgrade but i think what this really does is you got to remember they paid all this money to pat mahomes i think this extends the window for them not having to pay one guy 30 million dollars and yeah you're not going to get that same impact but Juju in a one-year deal, I think is dope because I love guys that bet on themselves and go out there for a one-year deal. I mean, you know, I don't know how you are with baseball. I'm not the biggest baseball fan, but living in New York, they're running wild with Aaron Judge. And right. Judge, they didn't pay him at the beginning of the year. And now this dude is going to probably win the MVP. And they're going to have to pay him like two times more than what they would have if they paid him earlier. So with Juju, I think him being in the system now you're not asked to be the number one wide receiver you're not the main focal point i think they're going to be fine and they spent a high draft pick on a loaded wide receiver class so who knows how he's going to turn out in the draft sky Moore, i believe his name was yeah he's, i mean he's been impressing in uh training or in otas yeah and and you know mahomes is going to make him good too just because it's, it's mahomes but I think what this does is, yeah, maybe this year they and it might not be a 12-win team and they could sneak in with 10 wins. Like, their over-under is 10 and a half, and I think that's that's about right where I would have it. But to me, I think replacing Tyreek is this year it might impact them, but it'll save them in year two, three, and four down the line. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I think that there's still a team that you have to say that they're going to be – they're the team to beat, right, because they – still won the division last year. They still went to the AFC championship. Uh, there's still a team that everybody's looking at is, is that top team. Um, but each team got better. And so I don't know if a 10, I don't know if 10 wins will, will sneak you in. You know, when you look at the AFC in, in, as a whole, I mean, you, you've got the bills, you've got the, you've got the Broncos, you've got the Raiders, you've got the Chargers, you've got the, the Bengals. I mean, you've got so many teams in the AFC that could just, that can do damage that I don't know if 10 wins is going to get you into the playoffs this year. That's the thing with the AFC. It's so stacked where you might need 11 wins to get into the playoffs. It's really wild. And especially in this division too, where you got six bar fights every time you're going to play one another. Yeah. Uh, All right. For me, actually you go, give me what you think is the biggest X factor in this division. And with this one, with this one, uh, let's try to pick something under the radar. Like, let's not pick Devontae. Let's not pick Russell Wilson. Let's let's pick someone low key 
So for me, like for for the Raiders, I'm going to look at a guy that I've actually been really high on ever since he got drafted. A guy who his rookie year uh, he had five touchdowns. Uh, last year production slowed a little bit um, coming off an injury, um, but with Josh McDaniels and the way that he operates his offense and the way that he has, you know, operated with tight ends. I think that Foster Moreau is going to be a guy that is going to flourish uh, in this offense. I think that, you know, pairing him with Darren Waller, uh, putting him out there with Hunter Renfro, putting him in Josh Daniels offense. When we look at what Josh did uh, with Aaron Hernandez and, and Gronk, and these are two very similar type players with, with, uh, with Foster and with Darren Waller, where you have the the speed guy and you have more of the possession guy. Um, but with Foster, Foster can move too. Um, you know, I've seen him split the seam on on the Colts for 44 yards. Um, so it'll be, I think he's going to be a guy who's going to flourish, especially in the red zone, uh, especially in an area where the Raiders didn't have a lot of success last year. I think that he's going to be a guy that's going to be the X factor for the Raiders. I love it. That's exactly the kind of player I'm thinking about when when putting together this segment and this idea. Someone a little low key. And yeah, there were a couple of times where he stepped in and, and playing a lot of DraftKings and FanDuel daily fantasy stuff. Foster Moreau was like the cheapest tight end on the slate. And he he ended up up producing his his salary. And he was a good play those those times. He's he's interesting yeah. for sure. And, and now it's going to be even less attention on him with all these weapons that they're going to have on offense. Yeah, I've been really high on him ever since. Like ever since he came into the league, I like the kid, you know, um, I think I hope he gets I hope he gets a, a big shot this year, which I mean, will suck because we aren't going to be able to pay him because we're going to end up paying Waller. But, you know, at least it'll get him some money elsewhere. Yeah, most F, man. For me, I'm going to go with Josh Palmer, wide receiver, second year wide receiver on the Chargers. When he came you into and the that league, Charger love, man. Oh, dude, yeah. I mean, this—it's—it's uh, it's gonna upset you, but I've already made some financial investments, and I know you're gonna troll me, but it's all good. Like Lose I said, I welcome it. Uh, here's the thing, right? Like, I think he was brought in to be the Mike Williams replacement, but he didn't have a 2021 like they assumed he might. Uh, I thought him coming out, he was a very good prospect. He dropped in the draft, and a lot of it was because of his production in college. But that's also like you saw it happen early on with those LSU. I remember LSU for a couple of years would have all these dudes coming out like top prospects, and then they produce in the league, and you're like, yo, where'd this come from? It's like, well, yeah, they weren't playing mm-hmm. with real quarterbacks in college. So right. that was his problem when he was coming out. He wasn't as productive as the other guys. That's why he dropped. And a lot of that is just circumstance and situation. So I think Mike Williams is back. They signed him to an extension. And a lot of that is because they're taking advantage of not paying Herbert yet. But I think Josh Palmer and three wide receiver sets on the outside because Keenan Allen is in the slot. I think if he could take the next step and be a consistent deep threat guy, over the middle guy, I think it could do some wonders for the LA Chargers offense. Yeah, I mean, I think that offense is they they have a lot of ability there. You know, they've got a lot of speed. Um, they've got a great wide receiver in Keenan Allen, who's vastly underrated. I still I believe. Um, you, you know, you got Mike Williams, who's got some speed. You got Donald Parham, who's got length. Um, and you have Austin Eckler, who can pretty much do it all. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, I think their offense is 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 scary, but um, you know, I think that they they are a team that 
I think they're going to be a team that's going to be competing for that for that top spot with the Raiders. I mean, I know everybody's high on the Broncos and everybody, you know, is excited about Russ, but I think the Raiders and the Chargers are probably the the underdogs in that league to 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 fight for the division. Nah, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. And and look, real quick, the the odds for this division. Chiefs plus 175, Chargers plus 250, Broncos plus 250, Raiders plus 700, which I think is wild to me considering that they made the playoffs last year. It's that Raiders disrespect. I mean, we're used to it. We're used to getting it every year. Um, Yeah. You know, the Raider hate is real uh, amongst the media from Vegas, everything. And the Raiders always outperform what what Vegas odds are. I mean, mm. I think last year they, the over-under was six wins or seven and a half wins. Raiders finished with 10 wins. And so, you know, the year before the over-under was like five wins. Raiders finished with eight wins. So uh, those odds, like seven plus 700, I'll put a thousand on it. <laughs> hey, man, mm. there's a couple of things. Run me my money. <laughs> the, the only thing that is a little concerning is obviously the division, but I feel like you could say that for all the teams. So it's not fair yeah. to say that for the Raiders where, you know, they're going to be playing a second place schedule. I, how do you feel about those kind of trends? Like you're playing a fourth place schedule, first place. Do you buy into that? Or you think it's just, it's whatever. No, I don't, I don't really buy into it because you see so many teams that go from worst yeah, to first. That's true, um, you see so many teams that just improve over the year. I mean, Look, if you if you're drafting correctly, if a team is drafting correctly and you are in the top 10 of picks, then you should have a team that's going to be vastly improved. Like I look at the Lions and I think that the Lions are a team that they're still not going to be great, but I think they're a team that's going to be better. You know, you look at the Jaguars, the Jaguars should be better under Doug Peterson. Um, you look at the Chargers, the Chargers are going to get better. The Broncos are going to get better. Broncos were fourth place last year. Are the Broncos were a nine win team last year. And so are they a team that's going to suddenly just fall off the face of the earth? No, I think they're going to, they're going to get better. So those odds and those fourth place, third place schedules, that doesn't really do anything to me when they talk about strength of schedule, it doesn't mean anything because any given Sunday, any team can win. And I've seen crazy things happen, especially with the Raiders to where, you know, teams win Raiders win or the, uh, the opponents win off of some crazy things and crazy calls or, or uh, miss whistle in on a on a touchdown in the playoff game. So, yeah, those things don't really those things don't really affect my my out, my outlook on it. Yeah, and I think it's important, man. Where I, I talk about it because I'm always asked about like betting stuff, right? And you look at win totals, and people like to go to the strength of schedule, but like you said, yeah. year to year it changes, right? So you don't know if I should say the Panthers are a 10 win team. We don't know. Right. If we're basing it off what the matchups were last year and what your strength of schedule was. Yeah. It might be a little misleading. If you have the Panthers on your schedule, you're like, Oh, it's a W. But then what if they win 11 games or 10 games? You're like, all right. So it wasn't as easy of a game as we thought. Right. So those kind of things, that's why I feel like there's always regression to the mean, but the thing with the Raiders and, and some of these teams in this division, no division, had a better record in one score games than the AFC West last year, which brings me to this talking point. And I've thought about it for a long time, Kenny. I think this is the best division of all time. This 2022 division in the AFC West, if you take into account the win totals, the Raiders have the lowest win total. It's at eight and a half, but it's minus 130 to the over. So that means a lot of people are betting that. Then you have two teams at 10 and a half, the Chargers, 
and the Chiefs, and then the Broncos are at 10. And then you're looking at all the quarterbacks we've been talking about. All right, say Russ is worse than Carr. I still feel like, at worst, those guys are top 12 quarterbacks in the league. So, to me, I felt like all of these matchups should have been on primetime, like Raiders, Broncos, Broncos, Chargers, Chargers, Raiders, like put them all because it's going to be fascinating football when these teams square off and how you said the AFC is so stacked. Like every yeah. game is going to be high intensity playoff kind of atmosphere. But I really think, man, the biggest storyline for me is this might be the best division ever in the NFL. I mean, if on top of my head, it's it's one of there. I think that we look at the NFC West um, could be up there as well. Um, you know, you've got you've got the Niners who just played in the AFC or NFC Championship. Uh, you got the Rams who just won the Super Bowl. Uh, you got the Cardinals who are coming off the playoff uh, playoff season. Uh, then you have the Seahawks, obviously. That you know, who knows what's going on over there, but um nothing you know yeah <laughs> that's what's going on over there nothing you know they're probably gonna get baker um i, I think <laughs> that baker's probably inevitable to go there which is gonna i mean kind of veering off is gonna kind of throw a wrench in the browns plans but i love it like <laughs> i look i i can't stand baker but the fact that he could potentially screw the browns but after they try to screw him it, it it's kind of exciting to watch yeah, I mean, the way that entire situation was handled has been just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, that could be dedicated its own podcast to it, how the yeah. Browns offseason has went. But, you know, obviously this might not age well come December or January, but I'm talking about right now heading into the football season. Any year oh, you they're the look team, back. They're the, yeah, they're the division to watch for sure. Oh, I mean, that goes without question. But I'm thinking like right now in June, if you could go back to June 2007 or June 2015, looking at any division, like top to bottom, I really think this is the tightest that it's been. The odds for the division show that as well. And I just think the list of the quarterbacks, man, everyone knows it's a QB league, the most cliche take in all of football podcasting and football content. But it's also true, man. And with Russ coming in there, what's Russ going to be like? I feel like the excuses are out the window, both for Russ and for the Broncos. Mm -hmm. So to me, I just feel like this division is the best division that I've seen in all my years of being able to understand football. Yeah, I I, I would agree with that. How about you? Give me a storyline as we start to wrap this one up. Oh, storyline is. Let's go. Let's go Homer here and. Uh, storyline is Derek Carr is the dark horse MVP candidate and leads the Raiders to their first Super Bowl in 40 years or first Super Bowl win in 40 years and the Raiders will hoist the Lombardi trophy on my birthday in Phoenix, Arizona wow so that's your storyline huh that's my storyline I'm not going to go I'm not going to go all Boston and, and get a tattoo of it uh but no 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 you're too smart for that, bro you can't you can't be doing that. that's the dumbest thing people do Seriously. uh it's it's literally like it's in the mount rushmore of stupid things sports oh, fans yeah. do and it might be the first thing that you put on the mount rushmore like let your team win a chip first and then get get a neck tattoo i don't care but getting one before <laughs> it happens like don't can't do that do shit. that shit is trash can't do it man kenny this was uh this was fun dude i always like talking to you uh, yeah. i love your insight on this division and 
I love bringing on people for these kind of segments, these episodes that focus on one team in the division because they bring a different perspective from someone like me who who kind of covers the league as a whole. Um, so, yeah, man, I appreciate your time. As always, tell the people where they can find you. You can check me out, KennyKingJr.com. Uh, find me on Twitter at the underscore Kenny King Jr. Uh, and you can check out my podcast, Real Talk, on all platforms. If you're not listening to it, I don't know why. That's wild to me. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.